0: The reason these disturbances they followed you to a new home is because it's not the house that's haunted. It's your son. So,
1: 1100 men went in the war, 316 men came out, the sharks took the rest June the 29th, 1945. Anyway. I'll be right back. Do you want me back. get another beer? You want one? Yeah, sure. I'll be right back.
2: I have come here to chew
0: bubble gum
1: and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. My name
0: is
3: Robert Hawkins. And possibly seven hours ago, uh, some thing attacked the city. Um, found this? If you're watching this, then you know more about it than I do. California, stay away from me. Stay away from me. I'm not, I'm not coming here. John Doe has the upper hand. And on that day, Ahab will go to his grave, but he'll rise again within
0: the hour. He will rise and beckon that all, all save one, shall follow. Daryl laugh at you. Daryl will laugh at you.
4: Daryl Hello, welcome once again to Dark Discussion a place for the discussion of horror, film, fiction, and all that's fantastic. I'm one of your co-hosts, Philip, from the state of New Hampshire in the U.S. of A. And with me in the state of Michigan. This is Eric. Eric, how are you, sir? I am well. Excellent. And in the state of New York? Hi, this is Mike. Mike, how's it going?
2: I smell muffins. Do you smell muffins?
4: (laughs) (laughs) There you go, there you go. Uh, And in the Commonwealth of Virginia?
3: Hey, this is Barrett.
4: Barrett, right, how's it going?
3: Good, how are you guys doing?
4: Good, good. And we have a special guest tonight uh, from the state of Missouri.
5: Whoa, I'm special. Um, hi, this is Kevin. Kevin, how are you, you are indeed special. <laughs> as, the, as the saying goes, mom says I'm special. Um, I'm <laughs> fine. Uh, just got back from Disney World, actually. Excellent. Good to hear. All right.
4: So, uh, for folks who uh, stumbled upon us, uh, before we say that thing, uh, today is February 10th, 2022, that we're recording this episode because some of our listeners, like Pam, uh, is always curious when we record these episodes because sometimes they are not released immediately uh, after they are recorded. Uh, for folks who stumbled upon upon us we are dark discussions podcast which is the first podcast and the original podcast of the dark discussions news network which is www.darkdiscussions.com where you can hear this podcast among numerous other podcasts it's a website that has news articles release notices and of course the podcast and it is a place you should check out probably daily uh also uh you can email us at dark at aol.com or press the contact us link on the menu on darkdiscussions.com and fill out the email that way as well, and we will read your email on the podcast. Uh, uh, Basically, on this podcast, we try to talk about uh, genre films, so horror, sci-fi, fantasy, thrillers, techno-thrillers, mysteries, grindhouse, art house, foreign films, midnight movies, cult films, grindhouse, and the like. Basically, we try to talk intelligently about a genre that deserves intelligence. Uh, Eric, uh, what else can people find on uh, darkdiscussions.com?
1: Well, Phil, on each page of darkiscutions.com, they can find a badge with a P on it which stands for Patreon. Patreon is a service that allows you to financially contribute to your online artists like us. Producing this show is not free. We have to pay for things for uh, computer equipment, web hosting, uh, renting movies, so on and so forth. So if you would like to help us offset the cost of producing the show. would be greatly appreciated. You can go to patreoncom slash dark discussions or click on the badge on any page of DarkDiscussions.com.
4: Excellent. And, uh, anything that is donated would be greatly appreciated. Uh, just, uh, a couple of days ago, uh, February 9th, maybe. So it may have been yesterday. Uh, we released a Rocky horror picture show episode, which was, uh, a Patreon pick as a matter of fact. So, uh, uh, we must certainly do record them, and actually we're going to record a Patreon pick next week. Uh, so, uh, yeah, uh, anything that you'd like to give would be greatly appreciated. Um, so, uh, if we have time after the podcast, maybe we'll go over a little news and what we've been watching, uh, basically genre stuff that people may be interested in. But before we do get into this, uh, I heard a zipper. What was that all?
1: About? Yeah, that was disturbing. <laughs> that
4: was me
2: closing the case to my headset.
4: Oh, okay. I didn't we thought you were, make quite that loud a noise. <laughs> we were thinking you were taking off your pants or something. But I anyway, uh... it's Mike. <laughs> He's not wearing pants. That's true, Erica. How how wrong of me to think so. Anyway, uh, before we do all those things, if we do have time, uh, we should get into our episode tonight. And uh, Erica, what are we going to discuss tonight?
1: Tonight, we're going to be talking about the, I believe it's a Hulu original that you can only find there. Uh, it was made in 2020, starring Frank Grillo. It's called Boss Level. Yes,
2: yeah, so and today may be February 10th, but you may be forgiven if you're thinking that it's actually February 2nd or Groundhog's Day.
4: <laughs> hey, Jake, can I get a large bottle of that buys you? You know what? Make it too large, bottles. How can you drink like that? I used to complain that every day felt the same. And now every day is the same. Hey, AJ, I have died 144 times, and every day ends like this. But it doesn't matter. Not when you've lost everything you've loved. Venter, man who had me killed 150 times. The power to rewrite history. It's mine. Heads up. Yeah. I know everything that's going to happen.
0: What me, George?
4: One thing that never changes.
0: What's up, pretty boy?
4: Bunch of assholes killing me for
0: reasons that remain a mystery. I am Guan Yin,
5: and Guan
0: Yin has done it. I'm... Roy! Right, right. Roy, can you hear me? We can't
3: explain it right now, but I'm going to need your help. Gemma?
4: The only woman I've ever loved and who can stop this is still alive. I have to get killed. Hi, Roy. Over and over
2: again. Until I save her. I need to learn how to fight with a sword.
0: I would only have a day.
4: I think we can get a lot done in a day.
5: Someone's been the
1: busiest little beaver.
4: starting to death because of you. Exactly. Bring
0: them all. I can do this all day.
4: That's right. Uh, Boss Level is a 2021 film, came out uh, late. It was similar to Tomorrow's War, among other films that uh, were supposed to be released at theaters, but the company that owned the rights to the film uh, sold it off to a uh, web streaming service, and in this case, it went to Hulu. And Boss uh, Level not, not
2: Tomorrow's War.
4: Tomorrow's oh, in, terms of
2: its, in terms of its distribution, you mean? Or its development? That is correct. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about it. it's the, the film itself. Never mind. Just keep going. I'll explain that.
4: <laughs> well, if Chris Pratt was supposed to be was supposed to be a major uh, film at theatrical release, but because of COVID, the, the company decided to sell it off to Netflix, and Netflix then released it. Boss Level is a similar film like that, and it is now uh, a Hulu film because they bought the rights to distribute it and to have it there. Mm. Um, so the, the film is uh, directed by Joe Conahan, uh, based off a story, and, a, and the screenplay uh, uh, was written by Chris Bory, Eddie Borey, uh, based off their story, and Joe Conahan also uh, co-wrote it with the two of them. Uh, the film was produced by Conahan and Frank Grillo, and the film stars Frank Grillo, as Eric said, along with such other notable people as Mel Gibson, Naomi Watts, and even a small role – by Michelle Yeoh, as well as the great Rob Gronkowski of the former New England Patriots and now oh, the Tampa out. Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> well, it's true. Uh, and, and he dies uh, like 500 times, uh, he says. That's what he claims fame. Point. Indeed. Um, so, uh, for folks who are interested, the film uh, got pretty good reviews, if that matters to you, based off of uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Um, and the film. Um, The director, Joe Conahan, is well-known by genre fans for uh, numerous films that he's written or or directed, such as Narc and The Grey. Uh, And Frank Grillo is is also well-known for... For genre fans, such as uh, the Purge films and uh, Mother's Day, uh, among other films. Um, so, I guess we can get into uh, how we heard about this film and what we thought about it. And uh, since Eric,
3: I guess not Eric, let me go with you, Barrett, because you're the one that actually brought this film to our attention. Um, actually, my wife had brought it to my attention uh, last year, early when it came out. Um, and so we watched it on the day that it came out and I loved it. And so I thought it was a good option to watch or to watch and review.
4: All right. And you actually had it as one of your best uh, uh speculative fiction films of 2021, I believe. Yep. Indeed. Um I actually heard about it cuz uh I remember Reading about it coming out because uh, Conahan, uh, is a director I like because of the film The Gray, uh, but then I completely forgot about it because um, it kind of just was waiting for it to finally be released, and then when it got released, I forgot all about it and all of that, uh, since it didn't appear on rental areas. Um, but uh, since Barrett mentioned it to me that it was really good and I liked the director, I decided to see it. Uh, about a week and a half ago, and I would concur with uh, Barrett and his wife. Uh, I love the film. It's it's really good. Uh, It's not necessarily original, but it does things differently enough. It has some good humor, uh, some good action pieces, some great stars, and a really good uh, plot, as well as uh, some heartwarming uh, things as as well about family and things of that
1: nature. So uh, I give it a big thumbs up. Uh, Eric? I heard about this film when I was told we were doing it for this week. Um yeah, this is a this is a premise that's been done before. Um this is pretty much a extremely violent version of Groundhog Day. Um (laughs) but uh as Phil was saying, it's it's different enough that it's not just completely boring. Uh it's also got a pretty good sense of humor about it. Um I I had a good time watching it. Uh it's it's not like a, a list topper for me. Um but I had a good time. Uh, I enjoyed it, and I would recommend it if you uh, if you like humor and violence because that's what this movie is.
4: And uh, did your buddy Dan and his wife watch it with you by any chance? No. Okay, just curious. Uh, Mike. Yeah. yeah, I heard
2: about it uh, last week when you told me we were doing it. I think that's when I first heard about it. Um, if I've heard about it earlier, I completely forgot. So yeah, it is. Uh, when they said that there's what is there's only like seven stories. Going back to Shakespeare, there's only seven different stories. I think they didn't know about Groundhog's Day, that has become
1: the eighth, like the eighth
2: plot. <laughs> um, it still hasn't been like as heavily recycled as, say, Romeo and Juliet or the revenge plot. But it's basically you know now it's a thing. It's become its own subgenre, you know, and you have things like Happy Death Day and. Uh, Edge of Tomorrow, Um, which is what I thought you were talking about, Phil, when you said it was a movie like Tomorrow War. I think you... Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you were thinking that... And I thought... Because, you know, Edge of Tomorrow was just such a shitty name. Tomorrow War would have made a lot more sense. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Also known as... uh, Was it Live, Die, Repeat? Yeah, I was going to say Edge
1: of Tomorrow is better than what they renamed it, which is Live, Die, Repeat, which is just stupid.
4: But, Mm -hmm. you know what? I I think that... It's It's a more descriptive name. that way. I think the manga that it was based off of was called a uh, live die repeat, but I don't know. It's still a
1: stupid name.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Regardless it, uh, it's a, it's a fun film. Um, <laughs>
0: yeah, um
2: it's kind it ends in a weird spot, but I like a lot of these things. I think the fun part is really that, you know, running through the montage of living through the same day over and over again in different variations. Um, I don't know when they made Groundhog's Day. I don't know, like if Harold Ramis was a big video game guy, but I certainly thought, and I'm sure I'm the only one who thought, "Boy, this is a lot like a video game, you know, where you just keep going through, trying different things until you finally get it right." Um, So I have no idea what the, but that's here they just really lean heavily into that concept and make that analogy pretty, uh, uh, I think, head on. I think don't they say it even in the first few minutes? Yeah, I think so. But yeah. So, right, so it's just it's a guy who's being hunted by henchmen that really do feel like the bosses in a video game at some point, stage bosses in a video game uh of various types and um they don't none of them get any real development, but you see them enough that they're kind of cool in their own way. They're like their own little menagerie and I enjoyed it. It's a fun film I would definitely recommend it if you're into your actiony Science fiction-y films, um, definitely very kick ass. It does harken back. It's got a very modern plot, but because you have the you know guy like Frank Grillo there and in a fairly r fairly hard R violence, it feels more like an eighties action film in some ways too. Like yeah. something like you know like the Commandos and Rambo's and things like that. So yeah, I would definitely recommend it.
4: All right. And it makes sense, too, because uh, Conahan is well known for doing those type of films because he made the the movie, the A-Team film and and things of that nature. So it makes sense that you you felt that.
5: Um, All right. And we go to Kevin. I heard about this because you said, oh, hey, this is the movie we're doing tonight. And if you want to join us, watch it. And did you watch it? it? Ah, yes I did i did watch it and um I saw this this kind of reminded me it was like a for me it was a cross between uh Groundhog's day and uh uh um, oh crumbs the Deadpool it, I can see that. it kind of had it because it had the violence it had the you know the shoot 'em up the swords and all that it also had the humor it had the fourth you know the the breaking the fourth wall type of you know narration and all that and so yeah it's it just that's just kind of how I, I saw it is it's uh, a combination of this of Deadpool and uh, uh, Groundhog's Day all right and your, your thoughts on the film it was fun it was fun it was I'm I, at first, when I when I saw the the pre uh, when I read the the the, uh, the 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 wiki wiki for it, um, I thought, uh, you know, I, n- I never really got into those time and repeating stories. But I thought, oh, uh, you know, I'll watch it. You know, I'm probably I, I wouldn't mind watching. You know, doing the uh, dark discussions tonight. And I, and I was watching this. You know, I'm actually quite enjoying this. Uh, it's a lot of fun, and and there was a, a bit of a mystery in it element for me. Which is what what I uh, what I really enjoy. So I was looking at it and trying to figure, like asking questions, like, okay, why is this happening? Why are they, whatever happened to them? And you know, what's the big point with this per? And, and so I I found myself getting looking into it as looking at this movie also as a mystery, which for me is fun. Yeah, and it was it was. Uh, And I found the particular enjoyment of
1: the mysteries that we're trying to figure out along with the main character. So that was kind of fun. Yeah.
2: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I actually kind of miss the fact that I didn't get a chance to see this in theaters because I think it would have been fun watching this with a crowd. Yeah, I agree. Mm
5: -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I I wish
2: I had crowds that are not assholes like apparently you have in Ann Arbor, Michigan.
4: (laughs) (laughs) I, I, I wish I had seen it uh last year because yeah I, I would have put this on my my top 10 speculative fiction for sure uh because this is a, this is a really uh fun film um and uh it kept your interest uh as kevin said because of the mystery uh, along with uh the various other things uh that we see um in the film so yeah good stuff good stuff um so uh with that uh eric uh, do we have a wiki wiki wiki
1: Trapped in a time loop that constantly repeats the day of his murder, a former Special Forces agent must unlock the mystery behind his untimely demise.
4: Now, that was one thing that's unfortunate is that it says that he was a Special Forces because I went in completely blind. So I had no idea. I mean, obviously he could kick ass because we see it in the first scene, but I didn't know why. He, yeah. Yeah, that he was exactly, and and I found out later in the film, and obviously this immediately tells you, uh, special forces.
2: Well, I mean, they don't wait that long, I don't think, to tell you, unless I'm mistaken.
4: Well, there's like 15 minutes to just explaining the loops and him dying (laughs) a few times, and then by the time he gets to and he meets his ex-wife Naomi Watts' character. That's like twenty five minutes into the film. Is it that deep? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because because the film, um, is is fairly long for this type of film. It's an hour and forty minutes, I think. Which is probably. Well, I mean, I guess that's ten minutes longer than usual. But but that's that action films. Minutes, that's
2: that's about normal between ninety minutes is,
4: and two hours. Yeah, okay, that's fair. So yeah, yeah, so it was a little late because because you, I don't even think you meet her or Mel Gibson until like 20, 25 minutes into the film because he has to get there. He keeps on getting stuck at the at the diner. But we'll talk about all that stuff. Um, but yeah, either way, that that's sounds like a, a good wiki otherwise, to, uh,
3: I would think, right, Eric? Yeah. Yeah. Well, isn't it when yeah, he sees her a- like the, the past anyway? That's like before the loop starts. Isn't it? Yeah, it is. Because the loop starts after he sees her. Well,
2: yes. yes the loops right. are starting already at the beginning, but...
4: No, no, no. Yeah, no, yeah no, but, but, no, but I mean...
2: It's it's chronologically.
4: Chron- chronologically. Yeah. 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 Okay. yeah. 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 So, um, all right. So, before we uh, get into things, uh, we will throw up a spoiler alert later in this podcast, uh, and we will uh, let folks know. Uh, but before that, we're going to talk about general stuff related to films like Groundhog's Day and and action films and Frank Grillo and Conahan and whatever else we want to talk about in general. And uh, then we'll throw up the spoiler alert because uh, we do not just review films on this podcast uh, for folks who are newer to the podcast or folks who have listened to us repeatedly. We also critique and dissect films. So at at a point when we throw up the spoiler alert, we will talk about anything and everything that we want to about the film such as symbolisms uh what happened and why and why we think things happen and all that so we will throw up the warning uh so you folks can uh shut it off if you prefer to wait and listen to the rest of the episode after the um the warning has been uh, thrown out um all right so uh, what do we want to talk about in general that's related to time films boss level itself or anything else anyone want to start well,
2: well, uh, you know, you talk about symbolism. The the film is filled with guns and knives and swords and bullets, and those are all symbolisms for penises. And Frank Grillo, I'm pretty sure, has a pretty big dick. This is a very <laughs> ballsy film.
1: Uh, I, I was. I the, am Ray. <laughs> uh, I was going to say that I thought this. Uh, the reason this movie succeeded for me. Was its sense of humor, and I don't think it would work without it. Um, there's there's a character with a sword that has a line that they deliver repeatedly that was just <laughs> cracking to the hell up every time. It um, means nothing, and then he he says it later on with his right, own. Right, right, right. <laughs> so so the, that was really the aspect of this movie that made it more than a, a generic Groundhog Day ripoff for me uh is that uh, in addition to all the violence it did still maintain that sense of humor um and i think it would not have been nearly as enjoyable without that
2: well there's always i think in these of the ones i've seen anyway um some humor because at some point the lead character just gets so freaking frustrated <laughs> right at and again if you're a gamer you've experienced that sense Right, of how many times do I have to fight this particular boss in order to to survive and get past this level or or whatever it is that you're getting my magic token, find the hairbrush for the woman that has the treasure map that I need to get so I can rescue the princess or whatever it is, you know, so we've all been there. I think we can all feel that um and like you like uh what is it so edge of tomorrow right there's a lot of humor in the way Tom Cruise keeps dying and how he handles things, and mm-hmm. so yeah, this one just happens to. I think this is create done the this is the first time I've seen it done this way, where he starts out right out of the gate in the time loop. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a clever way of doing it. And it's the, something you can do when a sh- when a film like this has become, um, it's become a trope, right? You oh, can right, use right, the right. shorthand. Right. It's sort of like the advantage of, say, something like a zombie film or a vampire film is that everybody knows what they are. You don't need to, have to set up, spend time setting up what they are or, um, you know, explaining it to the audience.
1: Well, and I also enjoyed the fact that halfway through the movie, uh, I mean, first right out of the gate, first scene, we learned that he's waking up every day with somebody trying to kill him. Um And for the first part of the movie, he's just, like, trying to figure out who's trying to kill him and why and what it's all about. Uh, And then partway through the movie, he realizes that something is more important for him. And he kind of takes a break from the whole whole narrative of uh, the assassinations and the violence and what's going on there. And just, like, takes, like, 30 or 40 loops just to spend time doing something else. And I thought that was kind of interesting um, and different. That he just kind of stepped aside from the main narrative for a while to uh, do something important to him before he jumped back in and uh, try to figure out how to solve the whole thing.
3: And it added a lot to his character and who he is. So it was really important as well.
1: Yeah.
2: I'll also add on the, what was also nice is that there was the entire, Sequence now. I don't know, given how quickly he dies at the beginning of each day, it may have only lasted five minutes of his life. Um, where he's just completely gives into depression, right? Where he just gives up and just lets events happen because mm-hmm. he, he can't, but he can't win, he just can't win. Mm-hmm. And I, I love that, that part. Something...
5: <laughs> Would you please let me sleep in just for 15 minutes? <laughs> And then he gets aggravated by that—the repetitiveness of that. That's <laughs> uh, true.
4: It's true. Yeah. Yep. And uh, he uh, second person, actually, the third person he sees is Rob Gronkowski The Gatling gun.
1: Yeah, nobody said cares.
4: It. I know. I just, I just said it because I knew you were going to have some flashback to say. But but uh, yeah, and and also, this interesting about this film too is that they really go into the loops. I think more than I've ever seen in any other one of these type of films, um, because I know edge of the tomorrow, they, they have a lot of loops, but they, they seem much quicker while here, the loops were a large part, especially the beginning loop, you know, in his bedroom when he wakes up is a large part of a whole part, a section of the film. and, mm-hmm. Um, there's a point where he goes, oh my God, this is the furthest I've ever been. This is all new. And <laughs>
5: right. yeah. <you>
4: know,
5: <laughs> and they also count, they also count the, the repetitions. I don't know if they do that in other movies or not, but this, that's true. That's like, true. Okay. We don't, we don't see all of them, but we get a periodic
1: counter.
3: Well, in each, yeah. tr- each section gets its own counter. Like, how many times he was trying to invade one place and how many times he was doing this other thing. So you get different counts based on what he's doing. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the count, what was the count, uh, uh, life level
4: or life number or something. I forgot. No, yeah, how, how many times
5: he died. Yeah.
4: Right.
3: Right. Right.
5: Like what right. attempt was this? Yeah. At yeah, whatever yeah, he's right. working
3: on at that particular moment. Right. Right. That's what right. you mentioned that
4: it resets to, to the next thing. Yeah. Um, and, and, and the film also has um, the the typical storyline that that is very common in a lot of films, too, which is uh, divorced parents, uh, a child that doesn't know that this friend of his mother's is actually his father. Things of that nature. So, um, so again, as as me and Eric mentioned, you know, there's nothing really original uh, about any of the plot points in the film. It's just that it does it differently enough that um, it doesn't feel like a true retread.
3: Yeah, it does it with style. <laughs> <laughs> right, right,
4: right. And I gotta say, uh, Grillo. That guy is is a house. He makes the rock look like he's small. I don't know <laughs> about that. He yeah, is, I don't know about he that, that either. A but he's Man, great oh, in this film. I think he this, could kick the
3: rock and Tom Hoddy's ass together.
1: I think you're delusional.
3: I do too, but <laughs> he is phenomenal in this film. This film was made for him. He's just perfect in it.
4: Right. But but Frank Grillo uh, knows knows uh, not karate. Uh, he knows he knows one of those those Macromay?
1: <laughs>
2: uh, no, no, no. no. <laughs> I think it was macrame. He knows Brazilian jiu
1: jitsu. So oh, my him, God. Mike talking about actually, funny joke.
4: So him and, and uh, uh, Cassell, uh, the guy from Westworld, that actor, him and, and uh, Grillo with their Brazilian jiu jitsu could probably kick everybody's ass. <laughs> I don't
0: know.
5: But either way, either way he's, he's got
4: some, some talents there. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
5: Exactly. Brazilian jiu-jitsu is is one of those martial arts that a lot of people go crazy over. I I, I learn a little bit of it uh, at the gym I go to, and it's it's not easy, but it's fun. Right, right. You know yeah, who's uh,
1: who's really good at Brazilian jiu-jitsu? Batman. Um, damn it, I can't remember his actual uh, name in real life. Uh, Al Bundy. Oh, really?
4: Oh, yeah. The guy that was out Bundy.
1: Yeah. What the hell is his name? About
4: that? Ed O'Neill.
1: Ed O'Neill. Thank you. Yes.
4: All right. So Ed O'Neill, Vincent Cassell, Frank Grillo,
3: they can all kick, kick the rock's ass.
1: <laughs> maybe they if they team him up, yeah.
3: <laughs> if they caught him off guard <laughs> and stabbed him in the back, maybe. <laughs> well, you know. Either way, either way, it's, it's, we, we shouldn't be talking about
4: uh, – you started uh, my, it. <laughs> my, my could beat it. My father could beat. My father could beat up your father. Anyway. Yeah, I don't think I um, even started so that what's... one. <laughs> no, no that is true. But uh, I, I was starting it with, with saying Grillo could kick everybody's ass. But um, yeah, we don't know why but... you did that.
5: <laughs> it's still out. he doesn't need an excuse
4: because because
2: I can guarantee you every one of them can kick every one of our asses uh, probably oh, all at one hell time. Oh
5: yeah.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Except for me, because I would hide. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there
2: you go. I'd run away, but uh, I'm just not that fast. There you go. That's
5: true, true. You'd uh, run away, so but about, I'm just gonna uh, catch up to you. Never mind.
4: So, what, what
3: about uh, Mel Gibson? Um, it's good to see him. It's good to
4: see him. Yeah, he, he was decent some-
5: in
3: this. I thought. I haven't seen him in weeks. Yeah, it's the this- <laughs> Batman.
4: <laughs> That's funny. Uh, yeah, I've seen him recently in a couple of indie films, he's, and as always, he's he's really good. Um, but um, he, he was pretty good here, and, and he actually was played out of character, I felt, because he is basically a villainous character, and usually he's, he's not a villain in most of the films I've seen him in, anyway. So I yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say it's like
2: a stretch in his performance. Right? I mean, he feels like Bill Gibson, uh, but you, know, you don't usually... Find him playing a James Bond villain,
1: which is kind of what he's doing here. Well, and he's always right. been a good actor. Um, I think his role yeah. in this movie is actually relatively minor.
2: Yeah, it is. I mean, not just nearly what. Uh, I mean, he's got, I think, a fairly prominent picture in the uh, in the, the the poster art, um, right? Because he is, you know, the biggest name that's in there. Right, he's right. not guilty.
4: Well, and, and he and he does have a huge role in the first, like like between the twenty five minutes to the thirty five minute point, and, and he's on screen most of the time there. But you're right, you're right. He goes back to secondary because again, this is Frank Grillo's uh, film, you know. And Naomi Watts has some pretty good roles too, uh, especially her role with uh, Mel Gibson in Mel Gibson's office. That's that's a pretty big and important role for both of those actors. But again, Frank, Frank Grillo, this is his film. So, yeah, yeah we don't uh, see too much
3: of um, these it's other nice that Michelle Yeoh has a, has a cameo as well. Right. And,
4: and, and Ken uh, Jong, Ken Jong, uh, he's from. Yeah. He played, uh, yeah. He played, he played, <laughs> he played um, the guy, uh, uh, Michael Scott's uh, um, comedy group that he joins and uh Ken Jeong's the guy that, that's, that kind of... And he, plays, like,
2: he played Chang in Community. He was in one of the Transformers
4: films. Hangover um,
2: films. Hangover films. And the funny thing is, he doesn't have a very funny role here. Um, I mean, it's not like a super serious role. But right, right. It's it's like... It's like weird that they cast him in a small part when they didn't really need a guy... A, a comedic actor, especially a comedic actor with a fairly well-known shtick to do it. I mean, I, mean I have a feeling a lot of these people are that just did it because they maybe as a uh, favorite to the director. Yeah. I'm or assuming, just to keep busy. I, I don't know what it is, but, um, you know, they yeah, had, it wouldn't it, surprise just surprising to see some
4: of them. If Con- Conahan, if, if he, he's buddies with a lot of these people, to be honest, wouldn't surprise me it, because if you look at Con- Conahan's frequent collaborators, um, you know, Grillo obviously is, is one most certainly that, that he's used in numerous films, um, cause he was in the gray and he was in boss level. He was in, uh, the, the film that followed boss level cop shop, which was, came out last year with Gerald, Bar- uh, Gerald Butler. And that one actually got really good reviews too. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me if he's Conahan's buddies with a lot of these people, um, because a lot of the, the secondary roles, they're not a listers by any means, but they're all fairly recognizable people, I felt. Um, so, yeah. Um, let's see. Anything else uh, we want to talk about that's just gener- generic to this film, the, the plot, uh, the people that played in the roles? Before we get into spoilers, anything? All right. I guess not. So, all right. We'll throw up the spoiler alert. Uh, So we'll talk about pretty much anything and everything uh, about the film and um, yeah, the spoiler alert is up and uh, we can talk about everything and anything. Um,
1: Okay, my
3: favorite, my
4: favorite part part
1: where the person died. (laughs) No,
3: my favorite part is when he's saying how much it hurts to get killed by a sword. Except for there's one other thing Jill that's more faithful. <laughs> he gets shot in the junk.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah, I actually
3: thought that was a nice touch. Uh,
2: not just getting shot in the junk, although that, that was funny too. Um, but the... That's always like one of these things I've wondered about in these films, is like how much do they feel? Mm-hmm. Like we see Bill Murray die in Groundhog's Day time and time again, and yet we never know. Like, Does it hurt? Mm-hmm. Right.
3: Well, in happy death day. She's taking damage every time she dies. Right.
2: Uh-huh. So but I just like the idea here, like he talks about, was he caught a bullet in his mouth or something <laughs> yeah, like that? It tasted and, like steak it's, it's, <laughs> like, it cooked his tongue. You know, <laughs> and it talks about how the that, you know, as much as getting stabbed hurts and hurts worse when it, it's being pulled out. And then part of me stops and thinks is like, is this coming from someone's actual experience? You know, I'm sure somebody, obviously, if you've been stabbed and survived, you not only felt the sword go in, you felt it go out. So mm-hmm. someone has experienced it.
1: No. My so, favorite part of the movie is, my name is Guan Yin, and I have done this.
4: Well, right. What I like about that saying, she, She's not even saying it to anybody. It's just weird. right? That's what makes it funny.
2: what i liked about that is that it felt like something like you'd get from a shitty character in a video game
1: (laughs) yeah right right
2: (laughs) and so for a while because he does make that video game comparison at the beginning and so for a minute i'm thinking he's trapped in a video game right it would make perfect Mm -hmm. sense because he's dying and coming back the characters are all feel like you know characters in a video game you know, you got Kaboom, the dwarf with bombs. Yeah. You know, you got the the, <laughs> yeah,
3: the
2: you got the hitman. You got the German twins. You got the two girls in the car.
3: The redneck. You got the, you got the,
2: the harpoon. <laughs> you got the redneck and the car other
4: covered. other <laughs> the other Roy Perver, <sighs> because there's one that's supposed to look, that looks just like him, right? And right. then yeah.
3: yeah, and then you have the 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 two chicks. And yeah, so yeah, the so, one with the Adolf Hitler gun, that's right. The one with the Adolf, yeah, so these are all like you've
4: like, been
5: shooting me for all this time with Adolf Hitler's gun. <laughs> oh man, that's just insulting. And <laughs> boom, that's for the Jews, boom, boom. That was bad. <laughs> Two more, yeah. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, so you know, he's talking about game. it like. It, the funny part is, like, he's just talking about all this repeat, like, everybody else knows that that's what he's going through, even though it's like, it, I, there's the, of course, there's the one point where he gets off the elevator, looks around, and sees all these people with guns at him, and he just shoots himself in the head, and you get the one guy. What? That, that was, was unexpected. Weird. Yeah, that was <laughs> that weird. that <writer? laughs> <laughs> That was funny. <laughs>
3: You know, I watched it a second time today because I wanted to just refresh my memory because I hadn't seen it since la- since last year. And I was like, man, this movie is so freaking funny. <laughs> oh yeah. I was so it-
2: glad we didn't get a suicide warning because uh, there was something else I'd watched recently. I think that is suicide warning.
4: And it's like, spoiler warning. Um, oh. Yeah, yeah. What the hell was that? Um,. Yeah, I know what you're talking about, Mike. I saw that too recently. There was a suicide warning. Yeah, I forget. Uh, yeah.
2: But yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, look, if you, that's again a real, I, I would imagine a real thing. Uh, I don't know anyone who has oh, lived this again oh. and again and again, unless you, you know, you're one of the people on this podcast. But. Oh, um,
4: oh. What was it? Um, <laughs> at, at some point, public? you're just
2: going to not, not care what anybody says or thinks because it's all going to be erased the next day. So you can say what you want, do what you want, think what you want. I mean, you see that again. I'll go back to Groundhog's Day when uh, Bill Murray, you know, just is at the date, the date goes wrong, and he just immediately starts re- making notes to himself, you know, and the date's just like, hey, Andy, I think it's Andy McDowell, right? She's, she's, yep. she, she doesn't understand what he's he's saying. He's like, no, no, I got it. Okay, you, you, you like the flowers, you don't like this. Because like he knows she's not going to remember, so all pretense of, you know, is gone. You know, any, any pretense of, of matters, any pretense of politeness is gone when you know that there's never going to matter. And he it, it doesn't give a shit if it looks weird, because he's going to die in a minute anyway. Right. Yeah, it's true. I do wonder how many um, times you would have to die Let's say you were in this situation. You're in this situation right now. You just don't know it, right? You won't know it until you die and you come back. How many times do you have to die and come back before you stop fearing that you're never coming back, that like this is going to be the one where you you just – that's it? Right.
4: But maybe – Well, it and, right.
1: and I particularly enjoyed the fact that that's how the movie ends. Yep. <laughs> he's like oh i just gotta do it once more and boom he's dead
4: <laughs> well we don't know if he's dead
1: well uh he got the top of his head chopped off
5: no 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 the machete hits you know hits his the, the head of his bed like it normally does he looks at the i, I thought it hit him i thought it hit the top of the scalp maybe i'm wrong no, it, it, it hit the top of his the head of his bed, and he looks at the camera and smiles. And the last words were, "Now don't die this time." Yeah, and I thought right after that the machete hit him in the head. <laughs> oh, I in which case Wait,
0: so. wouldn't the
3: world have ended? Yeah, no, yeah. no, because he already went through the thing, but he needed to live through the day still. Right, right, right. To,
0: okay.
3: Yeah, so the world was right. saved, but he could still die. Yeah. Right, right.
4: The, the, I, thought,
1: the, I the movie. I, thought, well, I think that's a good ending to the movie.
3: Though the wiki says that he lives, so yeah. it looked to me like he lived, but I don't know.
1: <laughs> I could be wrong. It happened in uh, nineteen eighty-three.
4: Yeah, it says Roy kisses <laughs> Gemma before entering the spindle, and Gemma looks on and awe ah, as he apparently survives the restoration. That's what it says. So, but let's talk about the spindle. Um, this science they don't really explain it all and i'm still completely confused what I, the thing was, yeah
1: i don't understand what purpose they were trying to accomplish with it
4: yeah they um well no they were
2: no, i'm sorry they're trying to rewrite history but i mean there's a reason why these yeah. movies generally do not try to explain <laughs> how these things right. are happening
1: because there's Just really no good jumbo and you end up with paradoxes right <laughs> right, right.
2: Now whether you think well, this version works, I don't know, I kind of tuned out the gobbledygook. Uh, with repeats.
3: Yeah, with repeats though, it's a little different because he's just redoing the same thing over and over again. It's not like he's going back in time and trying to change it. Um so it's a little easier to avoid those paradoxes.
1: No, but Mel Gibson's character was in charge of this company that's trying to create this device that does this thing. And like well, he even he has wanted, like a monologue about it at one point, but I still yeah, didn't long like, monologue. He, a long he, monologue. And yeah, he talks about he how wanted, could he end wanted
5: Hitler. to. Right, and Hitler prevent nine eleven. He essentially wanted to cure, like the big tragedies and all that, uh, in, in in the United States. And I mean, it's funny because I remember uh, a Doctor Who once where somebody says, "Oh, hey, we got a time machine. Let's go kill Hitler." That was like the first thing out of the person's mouth. Let's go kill Hitler. Mm-hmm. Uh, the pro, I mean, and and they they even said, and the guy even said at the end says, well, you know, if you the, the question though is like, I mean, I remember playing a, a video game, uh, Command and Conquer. Uh, what was that? Red, Red alert. Or something. Red, <laughs> oh, Red alert. Red alert. That, that game. was an awesome the game. Whole point that, yeah, it was it was a fun game. And the point is, is, is that what happens if if Hitler gets taken out of the way? You know, and it turns out it's Stalin that becomes the the Hitler,
0: which in in many
5: ways he actually was. But, you know, but the thing is, is that you you like the the whole thing is uh, power hates a vacuum and, you know, you get rid of Hitler. Somebody else is going to fill that that that's that that point, that part.
1: And you know why? Because people suck.
5: suck. Yes.
3: But I think the other idea is that that time tries to stay the way it was so it's going to push for that to happen still i know i thought time was a flat circle
1: i thought time was a line that split into different lines
5: and then a magazine right. <laughs> i th- thought we were just a simulation. simulation well, here's well it, according mean, to the according to the hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy there are people who argue that That uh, time is an illusion caused by the passage of history, while history is an illusion caused by the passage of time. That's pretty awesome. Oh, I love that book.
1: Uh, uh, But anytime you start dealing with time travel, you just have to just like roll your eyes. Yeah, you just (laughs) you you, you can't start trying to apply logic because it just falls apart instantly. Um, It's got to (laughs) enjoy. Yeah.
4: Right, right. Yeah, yeah I so, mean, I think
2: what he was trying to do. I don't know how old Bill Gibson is, and other than older than I am,
4: um, he's like mid sixties, I think.
2: Yeah, he's not. So he he's not nearly old enough to be able to like leap within his lifespan to go back in time to unreset Hitler. Right? He can't do that.
1: Right. You know <laughs> I mean no, if he want to. I'm sorry. That was a horrible joke. Oh
3: <laughs> funny. Um I, but, no, I don't I don't get it, but anyway. Yeah, never
5: mind. Oh um, um, it was one of his drunken rants.
4: Uh, oh, 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 I know what you see what you're saying. Uh, I got him yeah. in trouble. <laughs> yeah, 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 it. yeah, I, I know about. what you're saying. Yeah, I get it, I get it. Okay, so move on Mike.
2: But I mean, would he have like the power? I mean, was he speaking like literally? We can go back and fix stop Hitler, or is he saying like we could stop something like this from ever happening again in the future? Because if there's like suddenly Hitler go, whoops, we got to rewind the clock, and I'm guessing would he give somebody else the power to do it? You know, to go well, back and undo. And if they can yeah, only yeah, the do the day, the if they, can day. day. If they can only do that day.
3: Sorry.
1: Yeah, I was just gonna say the whole thing's bullshit because even if you take care of that one thing, something else is gonna happen, like we were just talking about. It's all well, fruitless.
3: Well,
2: I mean, imagine every technology, right, starts out like a thing that only the the, the wealthy can have, like the very first cars, right? Yeah. And then and then you get to the point where it, it filters down and everybody gets a car. Everybody now right, has a cellular phone. Where you know, back in the 1980s in the Wall Street days, you had Michael Douglas with the Gordon Gecko having a phone that like, cost something like ten thousand dollars a month to own and operate, and and now you've got unlimited voice and texting plans in a high resolution camera in it. And Imagine a, like a point, this technology becoming so commonplace, everybody's got one. Right. And then everything goes haywire because nobody ever breaks out of a loop. Dates especially would just be horrible. You know, uh, you're, you're going to sleep with it. No, I'm not rewind. Just keep rewinding it.
4: <laughs> well, well, let me ask you this. The, um, the uh, thing with Mel Gibson then was, even though he's "quote unquote" a villain, his was he the way he explained the invention was that it was a good thing because it would prevent evil. But was he just saying that because he really needed it for something else, or he was just money hungry and it didn't matter what he was doing?
2: Well, power hungry. I think he wanted to reshape the world, but you know, as often happens, the people who try to reshape the world they want to be want it reshaped in their image. This would be the world that he wanted. Right. Rather than maybe the world right. it should have been.
1: And, and that's maybe other people see his vision of the world as as bad as what Hitler wanted. Right.
4: Right. 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 And then, as you mentioned, Kevin, with that video game Red Alert, if, if Hitler is taken out, you know, then Stalin fills the vacuum and he just sweeps through Europe like he was probably going to do anyway. If if um, if there wasn't a Hitler. So, yeah. Interesting. <laughs> All right. And so Naomi Watts, who plays the ex-wife of Frank Grillo's character, uh, she is one of the, the main scientists behind the the invention, I guess, the spindle thing. At least
5: that's yeah, my understanding. Yeah, she's the one in charge of it. She's the one who pre- – sounds like she designed and, char- and was in charge of it. and
3: Slowing it, it down. Was like,
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, and she didn't even know if it was going to work when she powered it up.
3: Right. She just wanted to end it because she she could see no good things coming from it.
5: Well, what I want to know is if that at the begin. I mean, if she thought it was going to be a bad thing to build, then why did she agree to start building it in the first place?
3: Well, it probably started out okay, and then it became more military in there, and she's more a prisoner than a scientist. Right.
4: Yeah. And you never know, you know, you, you think you're making something good, you know, and then, you know, just like, like uh, Nobel, you know, the Swede, he invented dynamite because he thought, oh, this would be good because it'll help miners and, and whatnot. And then, then other it people said, well oh, stabilized oh. nitroglycerin that was blowing up and killing people. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. And, 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 right. and, but then people said, oh, this is a cheap way to use for, for killing people. Dynamite. This is good. Let's use it. So. So, you know, everything that is, in theory, can, that is used for good can turn into being used bad. And maybe she was thinking it was going to be good. And then as she works on it, it goes, oh, this isn't good. And then she looked at her boss and goes, oh, he's crazy. So I think that's what it was more than anything, uh, Kevin. Because, you know, even the people that were split in atoms, you know, you know, Einstein, I don't think Einstein was trying to – uh do all that science research about the atoms and all that because he thought it would be an excellent way to mass murder millions of people. I think he was looking at it because oh this is interesting and, and, well, and until do. he
2: realized Hitler was doing it and then he said we need to mass murder people first. <laughs> <Right>.
3: <laughs> yes, pretty much. Yeah. It's
2: like I don't I don't normally want to mass murder people, but when I do, I want right. to do it before they
4: do. <laughs> uh, right. Right. So so, yeah, yeah. So, unfortunately, these,
3: these things do, do occur. Yeah, unfortunately.
4: And then it became
3: a convenient way to just stop a war. <laughs>
4: yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, until, until some real crazy person eventually says, you know what? I don't really care. I just want to – if I die, I die. And so, unfortunately, we haven't had that happen yet. But If I remember ha- correctly, by
2: that point, uh, I think he was like, okay, you got rid of the Germans. You don't need to
1: use the bomb now. Yeah. <laughs>
2: You, you you don't, you don't need to use the bomb now.
4: We Use the bomb. Indeed. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Though, though, yeah. I mean, Japan was, we, we could have, you could argue that's, I don't
2: want to, yeah, we don't want to relitigate that, but yeah, that, yeah, that, that could be, they couldn't once
1: could argue, again. Uh, we're back to world war two.
4: Everything goes back to world war. II. <laughs> <laughs> Every,
1: only for everything. You. Only for you. Yeah.
4: Because, no, Mike brought it up this time. Not me. Uh, no, no, hold on, I, a penalty. I brought up it, no, it was, I didn't
1: it was, bring it was, up it
2: was, it was, it was You was, brought uh, up the Ke- It was Kevin Letts who brought up Stalin and Hitler.
3: <laughs> they, yes, blame the new guy. Yes, it was
4: <laughs> That
3: usually works, yeah. I'm glad uh, I'm not the new guy anymore. <laughs> yeah,
4: it, it, was it was Letts. Anyway, um, all right, so what do we, we think about it? Anyway. We here. So we, we do have an understanding that, yeah, there's an invention that uh, was probably originally thought to be something useful. And then, uh, the lead scientist, uh, played by no- Naomi Watts named Gemma s- looks at him and goes, yeah, this isn't good. I'm going to stop this. And so she starts trying to sabotage the, the, the process. And then her boss, Colonel Clive Venter, who also was, uh, a big shot, uh, secret dark ops person, uh, decides to, uh, take things in his own hand and then to save herself or at least the world as she knows it, she decides to set off the machine, the spindle, and she uses DNA from her ex-husband Roy Pulver, um, who she knows is a powerhouse, uh, special ops, dark ops himself, and, and shoves it into the machine along with turning it on which causes him to go into this loop. Um, And the reason she has him come into the office, because she doesn't really talk to him that much anymore, is because she says that there's a job opportunity to be a security guard at the office. He's looking for work. uh, But her real motivation was to get him into the office so she could steal some of his DNA. And that's pretty much the backstory of why he's in the loop. Am I right? Did I miss anything?
0: No, that's, oh,
4: that's that's
0: that's pretty much it. it that's about right. Yeah,
4: yeah. And all that happens oddly in a flashback scene because again the first like fifteen to twenty minutes we see uh Roy Pulver, played by Frank Willow, uh kill um Rob Gronkowski among other people before he gets killed himself to repeat over and over and over. Um and uh, there was a couple of things that were interesting, like like Dai Feng, who's this special swordswoman that was in the Olympics or something, who hangs out at this diner, played by Michelle Yeoh. Um, I knew she was a Chekhov's swordswoman, because they show her at the beginning of the film, and then like an hour later, she just disappears for a whole hour, and then she reappears. And it's like, ah, brilliant,
5: brilliant. Well, not that, but it was Michelle Yeoh. I mean, you know that she's just not going to be in there just to sit down at a booth. Right. Yeah, indeed.
4: Um, and
2: it's there's also Ken, the backstory with Ken Young, uh, Ken Ken Young, right? That's
4: yeah, that's, tr- that's true. That's true. Um, yeah, because th- it was that dork engineer
3: guy that s- stole most of his lines. <laughs> yeah. That scene was pretty fun though when he was trying to find which tooth was the right one. Ah,
0: <laughs> Yeah, is so
3: basically, so.
0: so
4: so basically, he, he figures out in one of his lives that when he was underground at this underground mall that he was hanging out at with his son um, to play video games at this, this, this uh, um, I guess, uh, internet lounge, um, he finds out that he's not being chased anymore. And so he figures out that he must have a plant on him. And so he asked this guy at the diner that he keeps on showing up at where he gets killed over and over and over, because that's where he pretty much eventually gets wiped out in all these lives. He, He asked this engineer where would be the most likely place a person would put a bug on a human being. And then he remembers he was at the dentist also and so he comes to a conclusion and then in the next life he starts pulling out his teeth in the bathroom of this diner and showing it to this engineer guy and obviously it's it's humorous because the engineer guy's going oh my god i can't believe you're doing this and of course he doesn't care he's pulling out his teeth because he knows he'll just die and and he'll come back um still hurts
5: yeah oh (laughs) Oh, that's why he drinks a lot of alcohol before he does it
3: That's that's true. That's well, he true. also finds the wim, woman he keeps waking up with is the one that was because she worked in the dentist office that put him out.
5: <laughs> yeah, the, she was a dental hygienist, so she was the one who knocked him out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so she because was a plant. the thing is, is yeah, because well, it was that was one of the mysteries that I was kind of think fig- trying to f- think of is, you know, what happened with, um, oh, what was I going to say? What happened with uh, the, the girl at the beginning? of the the day because like she runs away and the guy doesn't even pay attention to her you know she kept on running away and i'm sitting there thinking why didn't he even just even try to to take her out you know just no leave no witnesses you know she she just got up and left it's like it was like she was never there it's like wait a minute whatever happened to her and then we find, oh, she's a dental hygienist. Oh, and then when they mention the teeth, it's like, ah, dental hygienist. Okay, dentist. Okay, things are starting to come in place. And that's, and then when he sees figuring out, because then he grabs her after he kills the first assassin. and said, why? You know, uh, talk asking about like who who paid you to to put the thing in my, my tooth or whatever, or who put the thing in my tooth? And she said, it was this guy, you know, Vern or what? Oh, no, no, no. Was it Vern? Hang on a minute. Brett, good grief. I, I was way off. Brett, um, that did it.
4: Yeah, and and the question is why did they want to bug him even before um he shows up for the job interview?
3: They don't. It's after the job interview he tells Brett to keep an eye uh, on. Oh, you're right. That's right. And yeah. So he goes off to drink. And or he goes off to the dentist, I guess. Must yeah. the dentist. No, he, goes, he goes off
5: goes, to drink. OK, does he go off to drink? And I, I, I see what I thought was he goes off to drink, meets the meets the dental hygienist. And while he while they get drunk, they're like, hey, it almost sounds like they get drunk in the bar and then they go to the dentist place. It does,
3: But that's weird when you think about why didn't they just kill him then if they're going to attack him in the morning. Oh, because that was after um,
4: they they got the information out of Naomi Watts' character, I think. In other, in other right. words, I don't... I they, don't
1: just, they just thought he was suspicious because he had been in the building when he wasn't supposed to be. So they wanted to track him. And then right. the next day they find out that she put him in the spindle. And that's when they want to kill him. Right.
3: They know that she brought him in. He well, they don't know that the, he's in the spindle yet.
2: Right. Right. But but they're suspicious about him because she brought him in. They assume that she told him, but something she shouldn't have. And I think that's why they want to kill him.
4: Right. Right. And once once they find out that she is working against him, that's when they say, "Okay, we got to take this guy out too, not just her. Yeah, it's just uh, a very so, fast turnover.
3: <laughs> From right. tracking it's, it's to it's killing. it's like a 12
4: hours. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's it's basically an 18-hour thing, like Well, it's like
3: not though because they put the tracker in at night when she goes up to bed with him. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, so, it's, so it's more so, like, you know, whatever well, time no, but I you mean, no, in the morning.
4: No, no, but I mean it's like an 18-hour between the point when he walks in for uh handing over his resume. To the next morning, right? Because
5: he, he, he,
4: it is at like 10 in the morning. And then at night, he gets the, the implant. And then <laughs> they take her out over in the morning, like, like at six in the morning, because they find out she, you know, she's hiding in the building. They find her. She basically is, is tortured and spills her beans. And then that's when he says, All right, kill, her, kill Grillo. And so it's like seven or eight in the morning when they, when he wakes up because the guy's about to stab him.
3: I don't know how much beans that she spills because they don't know about the spindle part of it.
5: Well, I think I think that the one thing that I remember at one point, he said, I want someone, you know, not connected with us. So it it could have been like putting the tracker in him um, to set him up to for the for the assassins to go after him so that all these assassins are not connected to Mel Gibson at all. And so that's the that's why they set up the tracker, because if, uh, you know, the uh, Brett kills him, then, yeah, then that'll be tracked to, you know, Mel Gibson's character. So that's why they put the tracker in his tooth, because it didn't seem like they're in a massive, massive hurry to have him killed. It's like, all right, you know he dies you know friday night or he dies sometime saturday it doesn't matter to them just as long as he's dead like within 24 hours or something they're dead pretty quickly so i think that's why they put the tracker in, into him is so that the other so the assassins can can find him and one thing i found interesting about the whole thing with the tracker if you notice when he was in the uh when they were in that arcade thing uh, arcade establishment Every time we walked by a screen, the screen would get all fuzzy.
3: Yeah, because the kids were complaining about it. Yep.
5: Yeah, but I mean, every time we walked by a screen, you know, and no one really, no one really seemed to. So it's something to do with this tracker that was messing up their TV.
4: Right, right. It had some sort of magnetic thing or something that that screwed up electronics. Yeah.
2: Uh um, yeah, because they um so, I was uh, my first thought was I was assuming it was the time loop that was screwing up the TVs. But when he goes back later after he's taken out the thing, it doesn't screw up the TVs. And that's right. when I kinda of figured out it had to be the the tracker that was doing it.
4: Right. Yeah. Um what else uh do we want to talk about? What what are the scenes and and, and important aspects of the film? Um what do you got, Mike?
2: Yeah, so I mean, the problem with a movie like this is there's just so much as repetition. It's the gags that are funny, but it doesn't give a lot of room for for story and plot, right? It's um, because you're repeating the same scenes kind of again and again, um, and, and that's you, again we're running into that. Chris Farley bit, you know, wasn't remember that part where you know, he he blew up the car. Yeah, that
3: was cool. Um, well, there's right. the whole section where he spends time with his kid that Eric was talking about. Right.
2: I figured yeah. he'd want to talk about that one.
3: I know that's why I'm bringing it up so Eric can talk about that.
1: <laughs> I already I talked already. about it. <laughs>
4: Well, let's talk about the uh, apocalypse. Um, I didn't understand that. So something something to do with the machine causes the apocalypse, or something?
1: Yeah, because you're not supposed to time travel.
3: <laughs> Maybe it's a paradox destruction thing. All right. So the machine blows
4: up, and then it causes a world explosion or something.
5: Well, essentially, it's kind of like like uh, the space messing up the space time continuum. And when that, you know, and maybe the whole thought is if they if they, they create a rift or, you know, a tear or whatever, space-time continuum, everything kind of goes kablooey. Right. Gotcha, you know? gotcha. And so, that, you know, I mean, like we were saying, we we're talking about time travel. I mean, you know, you create a, you know, you may create a paradox or something or, or create enough of a time change that you know, messes everything else up, you know, so maybe, maybe because of that, you know, the, you know, the, everything comes to an end.
4: Right. Right. Yeah. I guess that makes sense. Um, yeah. So I, uh, I did like the story with him and his son because it's him and his son. I thought that they were going to go where, you know, the son would be, why did you abandon me and all that stuff, but they don't go any of that. It just shows him, with his son. Um,
5: well, the son, well, the guy doesn't. The kid doesn't know he's he's the son yet.
4: Yeah, but I thought they were going to go where he would tell them the son, and the son said, "Why would you abandon me? Why did you leave us?" and all that stuff. But they didn't go that route. Is what I'm saying, which is good. I was I was kind of glad they didn't go that route.
2: Well, because they killed him off as soon as the son found out.
4: That's true too. Yeah.
2: So they never. And if anything, it feels weird because it's just almost. The not-quite-self-contained
1: section is the hit bit with his, him and his son in the mm-hmm. middle of the film. Now well, all right. all, it all kicks off because he finds out that no matter what happens to him and at one point during the day he gets killed, that they've also been going after his son and killing his son. And he's like, what the? So he, he decides to get to his son first, and he kind of just goes off with his son, and instead of trying to get involved with all the assassins, he just spends the day with his son repeatedly for like, I don't know, 30 or 40 reps. Right. Uh,
2: and I assume he does that be, they do that because they're killing off anyone in contact with the mom. Could be. right, uh, Unless the kid was perceived like maybe maybe the kid is baby Hitler. Maybe he's <laughs> going to grow up to do something horrible. And that's what Mel Gibson was talking about when he said we can stop Hitler. He was talking about killing the kid. Mm-hmm. He's going to grow up and like like murder all the Australians.
4: Right. So this is like Looper where they say you got to kill me or something. Yeah. That's yeah. It yeah. Yeah. There you go Because yeah, Looper's another one. Kind of sort of, sort of kind of. Yeah. Um, yeah, wow. I haven't watched that movie in a while. Yeah. I got to <laughs> see that again. Emily Blunt's in that. That's a, And Bruce Willis was awesome in that. That was like his last great film. Bruce Willis's last great film.
2: That, that was the last movie where he seemed to give a shit.
4: Yeah. yeah pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now he just does four or five VOD a year. Yeah, it's a shame. Yeah, it is what it is. Uh, let's see. What else do we want to talk about? There's got to be other things.
1: Of, of what, the, the, no, Phil. It's, it's, it's really a simple movie. The only reason it lasts an hour and 40 minutes is because we see a lot of things happen a lot of
5: times.
4: Oh is there any any um uh Chris Fowley moments then?
5: That we I already about? said mine. I mean the the only I mean one of the, the funny moments was when he first came I mean one of the funny moments for me is when he came in to uh confront uh Guan Yin and he says, Hey, you you remember, you know, when Indiana Jones, you know, shot the guy with yeah. the swords? Yeah, you know, all of a sudden so he's like trying to shoot her and she it's just <laughs> he's not. He's having working. his own
0: Chris
2: Farley moment. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah, out of it.
0: That's true.
2: That's <laughs> and true. and then I like the fact that she then trumps him up and says, You only know, did we could have the shit. Yeah. Because that was and supposed so we, to be a big whip versus sword fight, and I'm always kind of sorry we never got to see that, even <laughs> though the moment that we got is by far the more awesome scene to
4: do. Um, right. Still kind of want to see it. Right. Um, I, I also liked uh, how he pretended that, you know, he, you know th- at the beginning, he doesn't know anything about these video games, and then by the time he talks to his wife and saves his wife, he he mentions... Uh, you, you know, you figure out that oh, he's been playing video games now for the past, you know, who knows, five months with his son, and he's and he's real good. And, uh, I just thought that was kind of cute. Well, and you,
1: and you also get uh, with Michelle Yeoh, you kind of get the, the the piano teacher sequence from Groundhog yes. Day, where he I just goes saying, back and then learns a little bit more each time.
4: Oh yeah, with with Michelle Yeoh as well uh, when he learns how to fight with the, the sword, right? That's yeah. what yeah, it it's just, nice, uh, yeah, that, uh, yeah. Yeah, because it, it didn't, I know what you mean, yeah. I mean, it was interesting, too, because they do the Indiana Jones thing, right? And, and they actually reference it. You know, I could just shoot you. And yet she's quicker than bullets. And so that's why he has to go and, and learn how to fight with a sword.
2: Which is about
4: the only... I mean,
2: okay, let's accept the fact that we're in a time travel film. Other than that, that was like the one implausible moment in the film was the idea that he here's this guy who's a part of... Uh, special uh, ops star yeah. who, who cannot who can't hit a little Asian woman with a sword
4: she's <laughs> wild well, oh, well, well yeah right there's no way that she would she would not be shot by bullets because she has to traverse an entire room and he has machine guns but and he's well trained and, and he gets yeah. to redo it about
2: 900 times
1: but uh, she is Guan Yin and Guan Yin has
5: done this Yes, That's yes true. exactly <laughs> Your argument I, is invalid,
2: <laughs> and I do think that it was funny that the boss of all these badass guys was like the easiest target out of all of them. Right, the easiest one to take down. He ends up with the sword in his skull and these guys smell uh-huh. and dies with the I smell muffins. You smell muffins, right?
4: <laughs> well, well, you know, you know that that's the thing that's funny is that that yeah. I mean, usually the leader. You know, I mean, I mean, Queen Elizabeth, quote unquote, is is the leader of the UK. What in the right. world are you
1: talking about?
2: Well, my point so, is is that the leader. Don't, which don't is Mel fuck Mel Gibson, around with Queen Elizabeth, man.
4: She will fuck you up. That's my that's my point. It's <laughs> that Mel Gibson is just a CEO, so he's not going to have no, any special No, I was talking about Mel Gibson. Skills. Skills. I was
2: talking about his his aide. Oh, Brett, who gets the knife and who gets the, the, the sword in his head.
4: Oh, I thought you were talking about the hard the easiest was Mel Gibson know. himself. Gotcha, gotcha.
2: Yeah, no, I was the, talking about
4: the the head the whoever the, the guy in charge of the henchmen. Yeah, Brent, Brett, or Brett. Brett, I think his name was I got it right here. I get it. It's the one that Kevin always has you've said his name like twelve times already, Tony, Kevin. Um, what is it, Kevin? Do you got it? Brett. It's name his name's Brett, played by Will Sasso. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That was, was Will pretty.
0: Sasso? Nice.
4: That was Will Sasso. That was Will Sasso. Yeah.
1: He's been working out.
4: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's pretty big now. Yeah. I mean,
1: much who much is much. that? Will he Sasso used to be on uh, Mad TV, right? Yeah. yeah, that's exactly right. Oh, yeah, whoa, whoa,
2: whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's funny. I watch Mad TV. I like never learned any of their names. <laughs>
4: he he actually he plays uh the voice of Maxie Zeus and, and Jennifer's husband and Holly Quinn. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. okay. So, yeah. But um yeah, he he's been on a lot of TV shows and and he played Curly in the in the um uh Three Stooges. The, uh, yeah, three thank you. Three Stooges movie that came out a few in 2012 and a few other things, yeah. But but yeah, he looks different too because it didn't I don't I mean, the, he had facial hair here. I think I can't remember. Him, but. No, this film is
2: filled with a lot of these people. that Are like I think I kind of know who that is. In addition yes. to the ones like there's like the four of them that you're like, okay, I know that person. Right. And then there's others i are just like, it's uh, James uh, uh, the 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 security guy. I'm like I know I kind of know him, but I don't know where I know him.
4: I didn't really look it up. Right. Yep. No, and that's exactly right. Exactly right. The, the cast is filled with. Uh, a lot of um uh character actors that have been in a lot of things. there's not about it yeah um, but yeah uh let's talk about that ending um it is kind of ambiguous right I mean that's what we were debating early, right I mean, did he survive or not did he did he make it or not did he gets sent back in time or not. I, I still don't I, even know if he got sent back in time. I still think he may have just was there the whole time, and then he walks out, but they, they cut before anything happens.
1: What are you going to say, Eric? I, I I still swear on the last shot I saw the machete hit his head. Well, we all have Hulu for free, so we can go check.
4: <laughs> yeah, later. I'm to go watch it again. Yeah, yeah we'll have to check. The
2: fuckers are going to make yeah. me check this shit, aren't you? <laughs>
4: <laughs> right. yeah, be, you know, I've even got one of those one, one, of
2: my, one of those remotes with the built-in Hulu button What? My Roku oh, remote Has a built-in button for Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus And oh for some goodness. fucking reason Sling Because those are the ones that paid Roku To put their buttons on the remote I never <laughs> actually use them <laughs> Not intentionally Cat steps on them all the time And always steps on fucking Sling
1: Your cat's <laughs> trying to tell you something
4: yeah sling sling is uh is like um cable you know has like 40 50 Mm -hmm. channels or all the all the big stuff yeah yeah Mm. but but anyway uh anything else anybody wanted to bring up uh well mike i guess is is looking that up anyone anyone
1: um i will say that at some point the video game references got a little tiresome um i mean i get it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but it's like, uh, I mean, the counter was nice. The counter was kind of nice to keep track of where he was and how much time had gone by. Um, but by the end of the movie, I was just like, okay, uh, enough already. Right. <laughs>
2: right. I'm watching it. Naomi watches, making doe eyes. He's looking back at her. The, the camera filters all over the place. He's walking into the swirlies. <laughs> he's facing this. He's facing back at the camera. Her hair is starting to blow. There's wind now. <laughs> Takes a deep breath, and this this seems to be taking a lot longer than I remembered. All right. Well, <laughs> that. Right, he's vibrating.
5: Ooh. It goes to black.
4: Yeah, that's pretty much it, right? No.
2: No, okay, he looks and winks at the camera and it's, honestly, you can't um, you know, you can't tell what happens when the, when the blade comes through.
3: So you, so they do, he, he,
2: he, he's
4: back in his bed is what you're saying.
2: Right, he's back in the bed, he looks yep. at the camera, he winks at the camera, the, the blade comes through, and it Cuts off and based on the because it's an overhead angle, I don't think you can and the way that it's framed, I don't think you can tell whether it went into his head or the bed. And I think that that, that works because you can see it however you want to see it. Okay, so you're both wrong,
0: <laughs>
2: or
4: we're both right. That's right, exactly. Uh, the, the film was originally uh interesting, Eric called um, continue and then the Yeah, and then they changed it to boss level because, like you said, it has a lot of video game references. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it makes sense.
1: That makes sense for the movie.
4: Yeah, yeah. Continue. Uh, People get paid for this Yeah,
3: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) whoever came up with that title is... Yeah, that's terrible. (laughs) Well, I I think it was Joe Carnahan, actually. (laughs) I Uh, hope he didn't come up with that title. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Well, you
2: also have to be the... Guacamole. You don't just have to come up with a title; you got to come up with a title that can clear rights. <laughs> yeah.
4: yeah, that's true too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you also seeing
2: somewhere like you—I uh, can't remember what the name was—that a writer was talking about, and he said, "You know, this is why you see this name a lot." It is, it's the surname a lot. It's cause like nobody has it, you know, so you don't have to sort you do a search. Is there anybody named? Whatever it is. And Nope. Okay. so <laughs> right. Everybody uses that name. Well, you know, it's sort funny is like that five, five, five phone number.
4: You know, what's funny is that, uh, the Winchester brothers from supernatural, they, when they named those characters, they actually looked up, it was it Kansas or Kentucky, wherever they were from. They looked up to make sure there was no one named, uh, Winchester with those first names that they could find because they didn't want to get sued. So they, yeah, they 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 do that, Mike. They do. Yeah, it. they have to. <laughs> yeah, so, because there's just going to be some bozo out there. Hey, that hurts my feelings. I'm suing. <laughs> and, and, and then they'll just give them, you know, eighty thousand dollars just to have them go away. <laughs> well, well,
2: right. You don't. You don't want it to be a serial killer or something like that. You know, it's like. Oh, you know, i, you don't I want to get just so funny. They
1: actually lecture. say it like that in real life.
2: <laughs> hey, that hurts my feelings. <laughs> I'm suing. It. Welcome, Welcome to, to the, the 21st century.
4: <laughs> well, that's how they probably would say it in, in Kansas. Me, like me, or. me, 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 me. In, in, in Boston, we go, I don't like that. Fucking, you know, in New
1: York. <laughs> yeah, but in Boston, they just <laughs> duke it out on the sidewalk.
4: Yeah, that's true, that's
1: true.
4: <laughs> that's true. Uh, let's see. Uh, anything else anybody wanted to bring up uh, about this film? So it is the <laughs> ambiguous ending. It was just, I guess, a good thing.
2: Nope, I think you've, you, you've stretched it beyond your abilities.
4: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, well, let me ask you that one last question, though. What no. did you guys think of that ending, though? Did, did it leave you disappointed, or was it like, yeah, that's fine?
1: I mean, I find the ending with him getting killed kind of disappointing, but also really hilarious. So I kind of like it. Right, right. Uh, I, like but I was all that, and now he just dies anyway.
4: <laughs> right, and I was looking at it like Mike, which is you don't know, and it's like, oh, just stop it there. Yeah. So I was like, that's eh, kind of a bummer, but eh, it makes sense. No, I I confess, but, yeah, I missed.
2: The bed shot. I just thought he just walked into the light and disappeared, so I wasn't quite sure what yeah. you were talking about. I assumed I assumed I missed something. That's, um, that's how, that's I, how
4: I remember it too, Mike. Like you, I don't remember the bed shot either. I think, yeah. But it's
2: there. It's it just for, it's very it's very brief. But um, it plays to black, and I must have looked away. You know, as I'm thinking, okay, that's it. I, I kind of felt at first it was sort of like mom and dad. You know, it was like boy, that was an abrupt ending. You're ending before it ends, and and I thought about it for a second. I said, you know what. I've spent 90 minutes watching him do this same fucking day again and again and again and again and again. I don't need to see him do it again. Right. Yep. So Mm. I've already seen him do it enough. This isn't like it's going to be he he didn't unlock a new level. Right. He's got to play that same fucking level all over again you know and we and again that goes back to the video game thing and again we've all been there where there's the video game level you may get to the end of it, going back especially as old school gamers as we are back before you could save anywhere anytime for any reason <laughs> and even <laughs> and even back before the just game just said you know what fuck it we're just going to save for you every 13 seconds and nothing worked. No you remember the days where you would die and you go oh fuck i haven't saved in like 3 hours <laughs> oh, my God, no, i got to go do this level all over again.
1: Pitfall, and, baby, and, Pitfall. And,
2: yeah, and so, yeah, we didn't need to see it again.
1: What was that one? Pitfall? Eric.
5: Pitfall? Okay, Atari yeah.
1: 2600 Pitfall? Yeah, I yeah. Yeah, man. Hey, You could save that one.
2: I remember that's
3: that what one. I'm saying. The music right. is what got to me it's after a
2: while. Oh, I can't remember if it was the first. The first one was a it it was by Ghost or Ghost and of Goblin. and mm-hmm. That one was just oh my god, that was horrible. I mean, it was a great game, but oh my god, that was that was a very low mercy game. <laughs> oh,
0: uh,
2: and it was a uh, Berserk and RoboTron. Those were, those oh, were Berserk, them. Berserk was like negative mercy. It was just. <laughs> Don't touch yeah. the walls. <laughs> oh, that was yeah. And there's no yeah. health bar. Where? You die. <laughs> you die if you touch right. the wall. <laughs> right, right. So
4: there's the bar. I mean, I mean, there's the, the walls. You have to watch out. You have to watch about the robots oh. who shoot through walls. And then you had to watch about the ball, the bouncing ball. That was the word. And if you some lot, re- and,
2: and, yeah, exactly. If for some reason, you survive things like touching a wall because you, you. Know, if you survived leaning. Then a smiley
4: face would murder you, right? Exactly. The ar- ar- ironicness, ironic, or if that's even a word—ironicness. I the smiley ironic face. Would, like, yeah, the smiley <laughs> face would kill you if it wasn't. If it wasn't the wall or the robots. Yeah, that was a great game, even though it was a stole all my money. Um, all right, so I guess we can get into our final thoughts on this film here. But before we do, uh, Eric, have you seen anything recently that you wanted to let anybody know about that would be interesting uh, for fans of genre?
1: Yeah, um, I watched a series on Netflix called Archive 81, um, which was fun and weird and creepy. Um didn't quite stick the landing, unfortunately. Um, but I didn't th- feel like it ruined it either. Um, so I enjoyed archive 81.
4: Yeah. Uh, Amy rain loved that show and she's mm-hmm. wanting me to watch it, but, uh, I haven't got to it yet. I
1: thought it was great up until the last five minutes. Um, All right. I also watched a movie on a uh, shutter called slap face. Uh, which was pretty good. It's uh kind of a supernatural entity movie. Um, and then I watched on Amazon prime. Uh, there's the new Jack Reacher show just called Reacher. Um, and fans of the books will be happier because they found a dude to play Reacher. Who's much larger than Tom Cruise. Uh, and I like, I think he does a good job with the character too. Uh, it was funny because for the first couple of episodes, I was like, the guy was a reminding me of somebody, and I was like, who the who the heck is this guy reminding me of? And I figured it out Matt TV. Uh, no, he's he's kind of like an overinflated Michael C. Hall. <laughs> he, he's got similar features to Michael C. Hall, but he's much larger. Do you know who uh, else
2: is a part of an overinflated Michael C. Hall? Who <laughs> Michael C. Hall now. <laughs>
1: Oh, that's not nice.
2: <laughs> oh, look, you remember when he was Mike, when he first started, he was the scrawny kid. Uh-huh. And then he bulked up for, like, Edward Scissorhands for some reason. And it was just <laughs> <laughs> so, and it's, it's, I know it's been 30 years, but it's just never quite fit right to me. You know you, years, you know,
4: you don't mean Michael C. Hall, right? Michael C. Hall is the guy from Dexter.
1: Yes, that's who I'm talking about.
4: Oh, who am I thinking oh, of? You're thinking of uh, the guy that was in Halloween, the new Halloween. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Who Anthony Michael Hall. Oh, Michael, you're right. you're oh okay. Anthony, you're yeah. thinking of Anthony Michael Hall. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
4: yeah. Uh, I'm okay, talking about Michael C. Hall
1: ruins the
2: entire conversation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> makes it really funny though.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love Eric. It's a, it's a, yeah.
1: <laughs> so <laughs> never uh, mind. <laughs> <laughs> so Reacher, if you're into the, if you're into the whole Reacher character, I would recommend checking out the series on Amazon. Um, and then I watched, uh, Nightmare Alley a couple days ago, uh, which is Guillermo del Toro's latest movie. I think Mike talked about it a few episodes back.
0: Um,
1: it is a really well done period piece. Um, Phil, you might like it better than his other stuff because, um, although he did write the screenplay, it's actually an adaptation of a novel, um, and actually a remake of a movie that was done in 1947. Is that um, on
3: Paramount or Peacock? I thought I saw it somewhere on
1: one of them. Uh, it is currently both on Hulu and HBO Max.
3: Oh, okay. That's where I saw it. Okay. They all um, run together. So
1: it is, a, it is a long movie. It's two and a half hours long, um, but it's got a cast that's out of this world, Um particularly Kate Blanchett I think uh knocks it out of the park uh along with Willem Dafoe and Ron Perlman and uh Rooney Mara and who am I forgetting Mike I'm forgetting somebody um oh Richard Jenkins um right yeah so it's got a, it's got an all-star cast and everybody in it is great um it's going to probably uh test some people's patience who don't like deliberate uh paced movies uh it's long and it's slow in some parts, um, but I found the atmosphere to be pretty awesome and creepy. Um, and I thought the last shot of the movie was masterful, um, like <laughs> like the ending, the last shot of the movie. I'm like, that is the perfect fucking ending for this movie. So I enjoyed Nightmare Alley, and that's what I've been watching.
2: Yeah, it's much more of a, a character piece, right? There's not, and that's I think I think an argument about the plot length because. Mm-hmm it's more following the character and you don't really get a real story until maybe the last 40% of the movie. And really it's like two, two different acts. (laughs) Right, right, right. So, yeah, and I think think the
1: biggest problem with this movie was, uh, uh, because I deliberately try and avoid such things. I, I wasn't really familiar with this, but I've heard people talking about how it was marketed as a horror movie and it's really not a horror movie. Um, it's it's a drama, so it's a drama. No, with if, a you couple, the, with if, a if you couple of watch the if you watch the trailer,
2: there's that line where Willem Dafoe is saying uh, something about was talking about the the freak in the the sideshow,
0: mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
2: yeah. Where yeah. he's talking about you know this, this hideous creature or something like that. Mm-hmm. Is it ne- neither man
4: nor beast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Expecting yeah, but, it but, but, to be but, but, a, mate, a, mate, a monster, yes. Mate, but that, that's that's why Eric says fuck trailers. Yeah, yeah, but you watch
2: yeah, the trailers that more indeed.
1: than anybody hears. Yeah, so. that, that is one of the reasons I say fuck trailers. Um, so, don't go into it expecting a horror movie because that's not what it is, but it is an excellent period drama. Gotcha.
4: Alright, sounds good. Um, speaking of long movies, for me, uh, I saw a movie with my six-year-old uh, Spider-Man No Way Home uh, <laughs> over the weekend. And, um, yeah, that was a pretty good film. I... I I see what you now mean, Mike, uh, they got all the, the Toby Maguire and all that Garfield and all those folks back into the film. It makes complete sense. Um, it's, it's, it's a fun movie. And, uh, actually I I was kind of surprised to see, uh, Zendaya in it because I, I didn't know she was in it. And I remember, I forgot that she was even in Dune to be honest, but I've been watching her in Euphoria and it's like, oh, wow, her career skyrocketed now. Because, you know, she's in, in Dune. She's in Spider-Man. She's leading the cast of Euphoria on HBO Max. Um, and uh, the film was, was really good, even though it was wig long uh, It was like two and a half hours as well. And uh, uh, as, and speaking of Willem Defoe, uh, he was awesome in it. Um, and I, I also liked how, how the film shows the villains as mentally ill and not evil. Um, I, I just wish they they had talked about mental illness more than than um, they did. But to show the villains as mentally ill rather than evil, um, I thought I thought that was pretty cool. Um, so yeah, a big thumbs up for that film there. I um, so do then, think
2: what is surprising was all these, like I said, all these guys coming in a lot of them are veteran actors have been around for a while. They've cashed all their paychecks. They are obviously getting, cashing a big che- paycheck. I'm sure to do that film, but I think all of them actually brought their a game. And that's what surprised me. I didn't see anybody phoning it in.
4: Right. Absolutely. Everybody was, was rock solid. Uh, they weren't just there to pay, for the paycheck. bait. They, they took it seriously. Um, and, um, uh, great cast. Uh, straight through, so yeah, I would concur 100% with that, Mike. Um, and so yeah, obviously I was, I've was i been watching Euphoria, because I, I just mentioned Zendaya, uh, still uh, just done the first four episodes, um, plan to get back to that, but I stopped for a bit to watch uh, Ozak season four, uh, the first seven episodes, because they're split in the season and two, like Battlestar Galactica and, and Walking Dead now do, and... Um, Breaking Bad. Yeah, Breaking Bad and all those others. So uh, it was it's really good. Uh, it's an excellent season so far. Uh, huge cliffhanger at the end. Uh, some major characters get wiped out. And uh, I'm looking forward to part two of season four. Go on, Eric.
1: I was just going to ask you what a Euphoria is about. Because I've heard people talking about it, but I don't know what the premise of the series is.
4: Sure, sure. Well, it's it's a show that Kevin Lett should not watch because uh, there's a lot of uh, nudity and sex and crap. But it's basically about high school students that are all like drug addicts and 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 insane, and um, <laughs> yeah, and and how their f- families are all effed up too, and the secrets in the family. So so it's really okay. a drama. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but it's pretty good. You should you should check out um, the first couple episodes, and you'll know whether or not you like it. Um, the characters are all that on, uh, that's HBO max.
1: HBO max. Okay.
4: Yeah. The season two just came out. That's the reason why I started it up. So I said, I'll catch up with season one and and then get to season two. Uh, it's definitely not, um, uh, normal people. I mean, I mean, you know, usually you have a few characters that are just normal. There's no normal people in the show, Okay, Uh, but it's good. Uh, or decent. Um, and then, um, Uh, I've been watching *The Discovery of Witches, uh, so there's only two more episodes left of the entire series, Uh, so looking forward to those two seasons, I mean, those two episodes, you can find that on Shudder, and Sundance Plus, and AMC Plus, I think, too. And then uh, I've been playing Nair Automata, uh, the video game where you play androids, uh, this android woman that goes and kills all these robots. Basically, the androids were created by humans, and the robots were invaders from outer space, and the war. Welcome our robot overlords. Uh, yeah, well, and that's the thing is is that the, the, the humans were created. I mean, the androids are created by humans, and the robots are created by aliens. And the war, and they're fighting each other. And it's like six hundred years later, and all the aliens and all the humans are dead. And the robots don't know this, and they're still just fighting each other because they <laughs> that they're programmed to just do it. So it's it's kind of interesting. Um, it's a pretty good game. Uh, it's. Uh, has some interesting things that make it a little different because it's it's kind of Japanese, um, you know, like the manga anime storyline to it. Uh, but it's a video game, so it's a um, high recommend. It. It's, a, it's a pretty good movie, I mean, video game. Um, and uh, that's pretty much it that I got. Uh, so what's good with you, Mike?
0: Uh,
2: let me think. The main thing I watched was I watched you. Uh, it's yep. the last time we just got we talked about. What we watched, so yep. I I know it's been around for a bit now, and I know I think it was Eric. Were you the first one to bring it up on the podcast?
4: Uh, I believe it was me, but Eric has watched the whole series. I've only watched. The first well,
1: I haven't. I haven't seen the season, but the first two I did.
2: Okay, so I raced ahead of everybody. Oh there's, oh, there's a third, that's right, there's a third season now, yeah, I forgot about it. And a fourth season on the way. Um, um and I do, th- yeah, I really liked it, um, I binged watch it pretty quickly, um, I was kind of... The whole, surprised. the whole, I, I, the whole three, seasons. three seasons? All three seasons, all three seasons are available on Netflix right now, there is a fourth season on its way, um, and I think there's very obvious parallels to Dexter, but I think it does some things right that Dexter didn't, um... I think the, the the first thing is the fact that they didn't make him a sociopath to start, right? With the whole, That was kind of the thing with Dexter is they start with him saying he feels no emotions, he has no emotional connection to anybody, and then they kind of spend the rest of the series, series trying to pretend that he doesn't have emotional connections when he's really actually developing emotional connections. And it's just like they don't know what – they kind of wrote themselves into a corner there. And the other thing being that the show consistently nobody's safe on the show, right, that um, they kind of reinvent itself every season where Dexter, again, was like, didn't want to make major changes. A lot of times, especially when it came to the sister, they would, didn't want to take the story to places where it should have gone. And it, and it didn't because they wanted, didn't want to didn't want to rock the boat. They didn't want to change their basic formula. Um, and then, so they kind of played it out for too long. So, um, but I'm really enjoying it. I mean, now Dexter, of course, had to take like seven seasons to completely go off the rails or eight seasons to go completely off the rails. You know, and this is only on its third. It's got plenty of time to completely fuck itself up. Um, I do think the premise is eventually going to wear thin because it is a kind of a formula to it, but I really enjoyed the first three seasons a lot. And so, yeah, I definitely recommend it. Performances are all very good. The direction is very good. The writing is really sharp.
4: Anything else, Mike?
2: Not that I can think of, no.
3: Alright, sounds good. Uh Barrett, what do you got? Um, I also watched Reacher. I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. Um it's uh it's pretty violent. Um, so keep that in mind if you're gonna watch it. Um I also am watching uh what's the name of the damn show? Uh Peacemaker. And that is very enjoyable. It's probably my favorite show so far this year. Um, It has a Taylor Swift reference. Yeah, it does does have a Taylor Swift reference. It's pretty funny. Um, It's just a fun show, and it's it's funny. Um, The seventh episode was this week. I thought that was a pretty good episode as well. I think there's only going to be eight episodes, so it's almost over. And that's pretty much it. I started watching Ozark as well try and get through the four seasons or five, however many there are. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Very
3: good.
4: Oh, yeah. Oh, I did forget.
2: Uh, were you watching book of Boba Fett also?
3: Yes. Yes. But I did not watch this week's yet.
2: Oh, okay. So the, you mean the
3: Mandalorian?
2: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the last three episodes have been really good. Yeah. I thought, um, the, the problem being that two of those episodes had nothing to do with Boba Fett at all.
3: Yeah. He has like 30 Um, seconds. Right. And, yeah, those but, episodes.
2: Pe- but people were like saying, where's all the budget for this? It seems awfully low budget. And I think you kind of get to see in the last couple episodes where all the budget went to.
0: Yeah.
4: Right. Not yeah. as, Barrett, as the uh,
2: Mandalorian is, but it's worth watching.
4: I agree. Uh, Barrett, uh, Barrett, what about uh, Resident Evil The Village? I know you were playing that at one point. I have not had time to get on that. I've got a lot
3: of stuff going on right now. Gotcha. All right.
5: Sounds good. Uh,
4: anything else, Barrett? Nope. That was it. All right. What about you, Kevin? Besides Disney world?
5: Uh, I, I mean, I've been watching, uh, book of Boba Fett as well. Um, I mean, I was on vacation for a few days. So I really wasn't doing a whole lot of TV watching. Uh, that's about it. Been playing a couple games on my Oculus, it's funny we we're talking about the things like uh Street Fighter and all that there's a there's a game, game on Oculus called Path of the Warrior where you're one of the characters in the game like first person view and the, the game looks interesting but i'm i'm not i'm not going to buy it nuts yet i've got another i've got a few games that i should be playing first um other than that i really haven't been watching anything new and the only movie I'm really interested in coming out right now is uh, Death on the Nile. It's a Agatha Christie movie, well, a movie based on an Agatha Christie story, which is not horror at all. It's a mystery, right? Right. Yeah, it's a mystery. Yeah. Uh, Death Starring on the Nile. And
2: directed by Academy Award nominee
4: Kenneth Branagh.
5: Right. Starring yeah. Kenneth Branagh.
4: Right. Yeah, yeah, and he's, he's it looks like his film's possibly going to win Best Picture this year uh Belfast. it's,
5: so, it's got uh, a he, job. He, did, he did a good job with uh with orient express i mean a really good job with orient express Agreed. so i i'm really looking forward to this one
4: yeah, yeah he's he's on a run he, he's 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 had some uh really good films recently for sure has a hell of a cast too uh oh they have army hammer in it i wonder if they'll Kind of get rid of, yeah. That's that's whoops. <laughs> uh, but he's,
2: he's the actor with the cannibal fetish. How do we put that in the marketing?
4: It, yeah, that's, oh, that's a good, but but Anna uh, Benning, Russell Brand, uh, Gal Gadot, uh, Rose Leslie from Game of Thrones. Uh, so, well, so
1: it's not Army's fault he's messed up because I mean his full name is, is Armand Hammer. His parents named him Armand Hammer. Yeah. So I mean, he never had a chance.
2: <laughs> he did not. He did yeah, not. but there's there's ways you you can become a stand up comedian. There's things you can do.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: that don't involve. But, but, but he was damaged.
4: <laughs> but he was damaged as a child. <laughs> he couldn't. He didn't make it through healthy. Yeah, but yeah, it's pretty bad. And again.
5: yes, I've been also watching uh Discovery Witches. Indeed, very good.
4: All right, sounds good. So um, I guess we can get into our our final thoughts on uh, boss level. But uh, before we do, uh, Eric, you actually do another podcast with your buddy, Sam.
1: I do. It's a general interest podcast called the Ascansity Podcast. That's spelled A-S-K-A-N-C-I-T-Y. You can get it wherever you got this one.
5: Excellent.
4: And uh, Kevin, uh, me, you, Barrett, and Sean Fox are doing a, a television series podcast. What's that called?
5: Um uh, I keep on forgetting the name. Sorry. Uh, but it's based on Discovery Witches, a very good, very very good and fun show to watch. Um I uh, was it Witches Demons and Vampires a Discovery Witches podcast. Something like that, but um yeah, it's it's fun fun show and uh I unfortunately I missed the last episode because I was on vacation.
4: Very good. And uh, Barrett, uh, myself and you have a rotating cast of uh, of, uh, co-hosts. Do another podcast?
3: Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews. We just recently did uh, Student Body, a screener that we had, and uh, that should be coming out, I don't know, sometime in the next few weeks.
4: Uh, No, it's actually coming out either tomorrow or Saturday.
3: You are on it, man. Yeah, so it's coming out tomorrow or Saturday, so look for that. Yep, yep. And uh, we
4: got another one that we're doing
3: uh, next Tuesday
4: night, uh, Tuesday the fifteenth. So uh, that will be a uh, looks uh, interesting, starring uh, Angela Sarafin uh, from Westworld, as a matter of fact. So, Uh, and Mike, uh, me, you, and Eric uh, do another podcast on the side.
2: Yes, we do uh Guanyin and Guanyin does that. No, that's the wrong one. Um <laughs> No, we, we do uh Why am I blanking?
0: <laughs> it's an a card. <laughs>
5: um, hey, I blank all the time. I mean I blank out on titles all the time. So uh, it's yeah, just it's every tech post says, Okay, what what's the the name of the podcast we do? I'm like, oh crap, he asked me.
4: Well, you can't even remember the character names when we talk. You go, oh, the guy oh, with the brown well, hair. There's
2: Yappy, Slappy, Wacko. Uh, so Cinema um, Card, and what's that all about? Like? Cinema carte is uh, a show you and Eric and I do in which we each take turns picking a film. The next film is Phil's? Phil's, yes, the next film is Phil's. Mm-hmm. We pick a film that is not necessarily a dark discussions topic, usually something that is not a straight-out horror film. The films can be kind of on the dark side, things you know, like The Edge or uh or Hostels. Uh, but they could also be fun like um uh sorry, you no, know, like Inside Out and Flash Gordon or and and other things like that. So it's just whatever we feel like talking about as a film, new or old. Uh it is a newer film, I'll say, coming out soon. Uh is the next episode we're gonna be discussing. I don't know if our last one that we did came out yet.
4: Uh, it has not. It, it's uh, on the agenda to be the next uh, edited podcast, uh, so it should be. I'm coming out next week, I think. Okay. As a matter of fact, and that'll be. uh So, that, so. that'll be uh, the edge. Yes.
1: Wanting to teach your daughters how to edit.
4: I know. Seriously, <laughs> that, that, would, that, would, that
3: would be great.
1: Instead of mowing the lawn, you get to do video late.
3: editing.
4: Uh, labor's where. Well, it's at well I, I, I wish. I, I wish I could. I could teach them how to. I wipe their own ass, but I, I still have to do that, for Christ's sake. So what are you going to do? And one
1: step at a time.
4: One step at a time, exactly. Well, sooner enough, I'll have them do all that stuff and load the episodes and all that other good stuff.
2: Well, here's so. the good news, Phil. The real reason you teach them how to wipe their ass is because one day they're going to have to wipe yours.
4: Oh, that's terrible, but it's a shame. We're all going to get older. One Mike. day soon. I know. Don't even talk about it. You, you, you ruined my night. <laughs> you suck, Mike. Anyway, uh, all right. So let's get into that final. I am Mike and it's what I do. Yes. yes. <laughs> so, uh, Mike, your no. final, Mike, your final. Mike, your Mike, final is, Mike
1: has done this.
4: Yes. <laughs> uh, Mike, uh, your final thoughts on boss level.
2: Really fun film, especially if you like these kind of films, which I do, I always get a kick out of them. Uh, they do actually have a very wicked sense of humor as these films tend to do. Um, it, it's a blast. Definitely watch it if you like it. There you go.
4: All right, sounds good. Uh, Yeah, for me, uh, I would concur with Mike. Um, It's not necessarily, I mean, it had a little more too too much humor than I would usually like in a film uh, that is genre, but um, it works really well. Um, It's part of the the plot, so it makes sense. Uh, It's a way better film than Scott Pilgrim Saves the World when it's kind of, you know, in that, it has kind of some of those traits, uh, but all in all, it's a, it's a real fun film. Frank Grillo is great. Um, the, the rest of the cast is awesome. And, um, uh, yeah. Uh, also, uh, Naomi Watts' his red dress. That's a, that's a damn good dress. If you like fashion, woman fashion, that that's a good dress. All right. So, uh, let's go to you, Eric. Uh,
1: yeah, this is a particularly violent version of the ground day, groundhog day trope. Um, uh, but it also has a good bit of humor uh, so if that sounds like a good time, check it out. I enjoyed it quite a bit.
5: Kevin. Yes, this was the, the, what, uh, really made what, what made this movie was the humor. Um, I think Eric mentioned that at the beginning of the pod, uh, the, of this episode, but yeah, cause if this wasn't funny, I really wasn't going to be into it because this is, this isn't my kind of movie, but the humor is what really made it, uh, made it uh, enjoyable for me all
3: right sounds good and uh barrett loved the movie i thought it was great um go see it all right uh so once again uh the film's called
4: boss level came out in march of 2021 uh it was listed as one of barrett's top 10 speculative fiction films of 2021 and made his list, and probably would have made uh, the rest of our list too uh, had we had seen it prior. Um, it's available on Hulu, uh, so that's the only place you can get it because it is as Eric mentioned, it's a Hulu exclusive. Uh, the film stars uh, Frank Grillo, Mel Gibson, Naomi Watts, among other folk. Uh, it's getting good reviews, um, and it's uh, directed by the great Joe Conahan, who uh, is well known. Uh, we did a Episode on his film *The Gray*, starring Leslie Nielsen, not Leslie Nielsen, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson. I want to see that movie? Wow, well, so different. Le- well, well, Liam Neeson is going to be playing. uh a *Naked Gun* reboot at the Leslie Nielsen.
5: Uh, oh role. no, kidding! And, oh, wow. They just oh, announced he's gonna that he's going to play Frank Drebin?
2: Yeah. Yes, he is. And, and I'm going to wait for some who... dumbass to say how how they shouldn't use him because he's not a funny actor and, and, and Leslie Nielsen yeah. was a comedic actor. So he was perfect for that. Completely oblivious to Frank, to the fact that Leslie Nielsen was a dramatic actor before he stepped into
4: the airplane. Exactly. Airplane. Exactly. Um, so, uh, yeah, a lot of, a lot of uh, folks, Lloyd Bridges was another one that, that, you know, all the actors in that, Yeah, it's kind of funny. Uh, but either way, uh, it stars, uh, um, the gray stars, Liam Newsom, and well, it was Frank Grillo among others. And uh, Conahan uh, hits it out of the ballpark once more. Um, so, uh, with all that stated, Eric. Put on your all
1: right. Thanks for tuning in. Let's talk about boss level. Come back next week. We'll have another topic.